Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 326 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. We're almost there, folks. Weekend's around the corner. Glad you could tune in. Hopefully this will help you out, get you through the week, get you through a commute to work on the train, in the car, you're stuck in traffic, air conditioning's blasting, you're sweating it out. Or maybe you're sitting in your cubicle eating your cheese sandwich trying to hide from Martha. You don't want to hear about the cats anymore. Whatever it may be, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, Hopefully I'll give you some audio, audio pleasure here. To, to at the at the midweek mark here. Um, what are we going to talk about today, kids? Um, well, I'd like to. Uh, I certainly. <laughs> hey, may as well. They've thrown it out there. I mean, we may as well continue the theme of the Enforcer Week by the Hockey News. We'll continue to go through their lists. Uh, done a done four of them so far. I think four of them so far. Five, something like that. Um, they didn't do all the teams. They only did like. 14 or 15 but I've done five I think so far and eh, you know overall the lists haven't been bad there's a couple names that got thrown in there it was kind of eh, all right you know but uh you know I just as you know we talked about before the the hypocrisy of it all you know a bunch of hypocrites you know they they've shit on the roll and fighting and everything else for decades but oh slow it's slow right now in the summer so we got to enforce our week to, to grab the grab the attention of people um you know they know but um yeah i just kind of i mean it's eye rolling i mean whatever i i, I laughed though and I, as i mentioned as i was doing the list as you're doing the, re- the reading through the list and their little write-ups on the guys, they they definitely have to always throw in. Yeah, but it doesn't happen anymore, thankfully. Or they've got to make some remark about how fighting doesn't exist, that it basically doesn't exist anymore, and how much better it is for it. You know, they they got to get their little dig in. You know, you just can't just you know leave your personal opinions aside and just do the just do the piece. Like no gotta throw the agenda in there you know gotta get it in there shoehorn it in somehow but yeah i mean i'll I'll go click on the hockey news facebook thing we'll scroll down we'll find a we'll find a team or two to i don't even know yet we'll just do it i'll just do it as i'm recording here and we'll you know we'll see where it takes us i think they did something with george Larock, like his five toughest guys or something like that maybe we'll look at that too um i haven't looked at any of it like i mean i know it's there i saw the the headlines but I didn't read any of the articles or anything. So, like I always say with the lists, I'm discovering them with you. So, we'll do that. Um, oh, my week on the internet. We gotta talk about that. We got a few, oh, a few of the, of the regular names bouncing around. We'll, we'll talk about and, you know, um, and I was talking to William. Well, I'll get into that in a bit. It just kind of, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll get, I'll get into that in a sec. Um, yeah, other than that, I really, to be completely honest, folks, I really don't have much. Um, uh, you know, at the top, well, before I even get into everything, you know, the sponsors and all that stuff and all, and all you guys, and we'll get into the lists and stuff. Um, on a personal note, I have to throw it out there. Uh, yesterday was actually my 19th uh, wedding anniversary. 19 years. Where does the time go? Can't believe it. Um, yes, uh, my lovely wife, Lisa. Um, she, I mean, I'm not going to go on and on on here because she is definitely not listening to this show. So, um, no, I, uh, I want to thank her. Uh, you know, she definitely settled. Um, 
No, we've, uh, you know, the ups and downs, we've been through shit like every married couple has. And, uh, yeah, 19 years, it's been, it's been quite the ride. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, if we, you know, like I said, like every marriage, right? You have your ups and downs and, and everything, but, uh, all obviously a far, far more many ups than downs. So, um, yeah, 19 years, you know, and it's funny because we're going to, uh, we're going to Vegas at the end of the, or at the end of September. So it was kind of like, you know, let's, uh, shave the, save the shekels and everything. And, uh, uh, I said, well, we'll just, you know, we'll go for supper, do all that shit. So we were sitting here yesterday and, um, and I actually took, we were, we were supposed to be at the lake is what we were supposed to be doing. Uh, and so I booked off like the three, three days off. Uh, it was supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that I took off and, uh, Basically, we looked looked up at the weather forecast, and the weather was just going to be shit. So it's like, oh, we're going to drive two and a half hours up there and sit in a cabin in the rain. Like, I mean, there's not much point, so we may as well just stay around here. And she, yeah, I mean, she's she's a teach, she's a school teacher, grade one, so she's got plenty of shit to get rolling and get ready and just go set up her class. She's got shit to do, so she's just like, oh no, we'll stay home. I can do this and whatever. And anyway, we we're sitting there yesterday. We we're just kind of like, hey, you know what? We should go out to. We haven't been out to the casino here in Saskatoon for like years. Before the pandemic, I think we were even so. And uh, I said, yeah, why not? You know, we'll practice for Vegas. You know, we'll go out there. Holy shit. Yeah, she's counting the money this morning. Up 730 bucks. How's that one? Yeah, she had a big night there last night at the casino. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I noticed none of that came my way. But, uh, you know, we won. <laughs> no, it was fun. And we were there. Fuck, we were there for about three hours. And uh, normally, whenever we've gone to the Dakota Dunes, I think, the, you know, I, we may as well have kept the car running. I mean, we were in and out in about 15 minutes and with an empty wallet. You're like, what the hell just happened? Uh, but no, we were there for about three hours last night. And uh, yeah, she was winning everything. It was it was fun. And uh, yeah, basically, I was just sitting there just taking it in and watching and laughing and just, I couldn't believe it. She hits a major for like $600. It's like, what? Like, oh yeah, betting like a dollar or 75 cents or something. It was just like, all right. But uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then we went out for supper and, uh, you know, came home, turned on the fire table, sat on the deck, drank some booze and it was a good night. So had a lot of fun and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a fun 19th anniversary. So uh, just wanted to share that with you guys. And, uh, also on another note, private note or personal note, I should say not private. Um, shout out to my boy, Kevin, my, one of my best friends in the world, uh, living out in Edmonton. I've known him since we were in grade nine. We met in grade nine at high school and, uh, he just had his fourth child, him and his lovely wife, Crystal. And, uh, congratulations to, uh, Kevin and Crystal and everybody's doing fine and has healthy and happy another girl four girls he's got uh, a room a house full of women oh good luck to you sir uh <laughs> but i'm glad everybody's doing well and uh i and i look forward to getting out to edmonton here late in the fall hopefully to uh to see when we get back from edmonton or back from vegas hopefully we'll get out there in october and uh and see see the new addition so congratulations kevin and crystal Love you, man, and uh, we will see you soon. But uh, let's get into these shenanigans, all right? Episode 326. Well, what are we going to talk? Well, I should probably, speaking of shenanigans, I should probably get this out of the way. Um, oh, and they ventured it. I don't know what they were thinking. I tried to warn them. You'd think, you know, do as I, you know, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. But Joe went and did it. <clears throat> We got, of course, Joe, Joe Lozito at the Coliseum Chronicles. We got Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. Jordan at the Five in a Game. Of course, old TR. We are member Terry Ryan. We are members of the Hockey Podcast Network. There is exactly 100 shows in the network. They just signed their 100th show. So they put the four of us, though, they put us over in the corner, you know. And, uh, but, but Joe, his ep- latest, Joe's got a great bat catalog and everything else. But he went and did it. To himself oh he went to the he went to the people and uh oh can you guys send me your list of your here are my top 10 islander fighters of all time what's yours well instead of that where's this guy where's that guy he, his comment section was full and he put it he put a very precise instructions and the email address don't put it in the com email me your top 10 list i want to do an episode on this 
Oh, you got every pinhead imaginable writing in the comment section and they're just shitting on this list and shitting on that list. Or some guy writes two names. Okay, well, I need your top ten. Gillies! Okay, well, you need nine more there, dummy. You know, oh, it's just, oh. Don't even get me started. But, I'm already started, I guess. But, oh, shit. But, yeah, so anyway, Joe rounded, eventually rounded them all up and figured it out. And, I don't know, did a list and... I will say the actual, I, I listened to the episode today when I was driving in and out of town. Uh, the list is strong. It's good. And, uh, but yeah, arriving to that list was quite the journey. Uh, I don't think that'll happen again. But, oh, and then, and then when I turn around, what is Alec doing? Oh, he does the same thing. Oh, I, what's everybody's call on the, uh, who are the, who are the top five? Uh, kind of like the, the preseason rankings. Who are the five tough guy, toughest heading into the East Coast? Like, oh shit, you had pinheads naming one guy. You know, I was gonna go. I got in there and just said Probert. You know, because why not troll that way? Um, oh, just reading it. I just, I just get mad reading the comments. I get mad for them because I know I what I have coming up the Bob Probert tournament again, the seventh year of the of the 64-man bracket that I'm going to do, the Bob Probert Invitational. Why I'm doing this to myself, I don't know. Because in the next couple weeks, I'll be on here yelling and screaming how stupid everybody is and whatever. I guess it's just like, I like to add that sort of drama to my life, I guess. You know, but, oh, just... I, I just, why... Well, it's... I guess it's the question with no answer, but just... Is it that hard? Really? Like reading comprehension is just, we just, we're just a society of morons. And this, these groups, I don't know if these guys, they're just dying to flap their lips about something. So they don't even bother. Think they read maybe seven of the words. Well, top 10, I'll give you my top 10. You know, it's just, okay, well, no, email them. Don't put it in the comment. Oh, you put it in the comment section. Okay. Well, you did exactly what I told you not to do, but thank you. You know, ugh. But anyway. Alec, tremendous back catalog. Joe, tremendous back catalog. I don't know what they were thinking this week, though. But, uh, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm thinking here in a couple of weeks. But, and of course, Jordan, he's out in the rig still. He'll be back in the fall, back home. So look for the, in the fall and winter months, you'll have episodes coming out of the Cape Breton for you at five in a game. So, um, and if you happen to be on social media, don't be. You can avoid all this. But if you are, uh, Fourth Line Voice, I am on Twitter as well as on Facebook. And uh, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,000 videos. Please subscribe to the channel. I have 2,000 videos from all different leagues. If you happen to be watching a video on my channel and you would like it, hit the little thumbs up button there. YouTube loves that shit. So if you could do that, that would be helping me out immensely as well. Whatever platform, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, if you could rate and review it, not only myself, but Joe and Alex shows, uh, hit the little star rating because, again, it helps us out in the algorithms don't worry, Rogan and Spit and Chiglets don't need your help. They're fine. But for the Mom and Pop uh, podcast, it is a great uh, benefit to us. So if you could do that, that would be tremendous as well. Thank you. And uh, and also on YouTube, uh, you've heard Jay on here a number of times. Uh, he is he has a YouTube channel, D as in the letter, D Skunk, like the animal. And uh I, I gotta ask him what, why, what's, I've always said that, what's D-Skunk? I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually asked him that. Um, but yeah, he, uh, not only does he upload lately, the last couple of years, the Southern Pro Hockey League, he's the only guy doing that that I know of, um, cause obviously he lives in Quad City, so he goes to the Storm Games, he's in, well versed in the league, um, uh, but he does that, but he goes back like a decade, and he's got like old UHL stuff up there, back when, remember what was called the new IHL? Oh, yeah, he's got Little John stuff on there. He's got McIntyre and them on there. Trombley, Jonathan the Hammer Trombley. All that stuff. Go back and check it out. Subscribe to his channel. I know he would appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, check shit out, man. Good stuff. Um, Well, I guess, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, I mean, I, people always seem to laugh at the my, my week on the Internet, that little segment that I do. Um I guess the fiction can be fun. I did the other day. I mean, I guess that could be the same. That's the same thing, really. Um, no, I mean, it's the same old thing. Uh, you know, like I said, a few of the topics I've already, I've, I've not only beat to death, they've come alive and beat to death again. Um, 
No, it, it's the same old. Well, I was talking to William. Um, I believe it was William, just through text or whatever, and we were just talking. And and I've had this conversation before. And again, I'm I'll I'll preface this by saying I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to claim like I'm some fight expert. I'm hardly an expert or anything like that. Um, you know, I could talk about some stuff in the '90s. That's my wheelhouse. Um, but you start getting into the '70s, early '80s. I mean, I know the guys or whatever, but I'm that, I'm certainly not as comfortable as I am talking about the 90s because the 90s was like my teenage years, right? By you know, when I was really paying attention and stuff like that. So, um, but I just, you know, and even back when I go back to the old message board days, I've often, you often hear me reference fried chicken or the hockeyfights.com message boards. You know, we're talking early to mid 2000s. Um, there was a lot of guys that fancied themselves as like knowledgeable and they don't know shit or they don't know anything outside of like two teams, you know, and, and whatever. But I, I've noticed now in the same, same thing with these Facebook groups, the hockey fights and brawls and enforcer. And again, I post all my stuff in there and I know majority of my listeners are members of those groups and I'm not talking to the, to the, the masses, but it is amazing to me, and I and I didn't realize it until I, I read more and I read people's replies and stuff like that. The number of fair weather fans or just like fanboys that don't really know are is incredible to me. And and that's fine, but they, they all act like they know. Um and they're just they they're just ignorant on so much shit and it's just, but but they'll argue tooth and nail to about whatever. And I'm just like, oh, it's amazing that the 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 amount of ignorance. And I, it's like, you're supposed to, and you you fancy yourself like some big fight fan, and you know all the, and it's like, oh man, it's embarrassing some of this shit. And it's like, and and there's nothing wrong with not knowing. I mean, we all not. I mean, but it's just maybe just read and and learn, or go go onto YouTube and like look things up, or. I mean, I guess at the same time, I'm asking people to become like these, like just like the diehard idiot like myself or whatever. And I mean, obviously, you know, I have a podcast about it. So, I mean, obviously I've taken it to the extreme in terms of my fandom, I guess, um, of the enforce of hockey fights and enforcing, because obviously I have 300 and some episodes talking about it on a podcast. I'm on social media every day, putting up pictures. So, I mean, I'm not expecting you know, these people to be as invested as I am. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just like, could you not be bothered to maybe learn something? Like if you're going to be in the group and talk and whatever, like, I don't know, just when guys are talking about certain, Oh, I don't know this guy. Who's he? He looks like a punching bit. Like, really? Like, well, if you don't know, first of all, if you don't know them, why are you even in the thread? Like, I don't know why you would bother. Like if somebody put up a thread of some new guy in the NHL, some fighter, well, I'm not going to comment. I don't know who this clown is. Well, why Why would you comment? Like, just why? Or you could go onto YouTube and watch him and figure out who he is. I mean, why not, right? I mean, I don't know. I get, you know, and I guess, I, I don't really know what I'm talking about here. Like, I don't know what the point of all this is. I just, I don't know. I just kind of, don't you want to know? Like, I... Like, if somebody puts up a picture of whoever, and they're like, oh, I don't know this guy. Oh, you should check him out, man. If you go back and check out some of his stuff, you'll, like, you'll be really into it. And, you know, well, I could, and then the, I, oh, who were we talking about? It was a minor league guy. It may, might have been Pierre-Luc LeBlanc. I think it was. Anyway, talking about him. And and I said to the guy, I said, oh, yeah, you should go back and go back. Because he's like, I don't know who this is. And I, I thought I was a Devils fan. I don't know who this person is. It's like, okay, like. All right, but I'm like, well, go on YouTube. All this stuff is on there. And I said, yeah, you should check out his fight with Jansons and blah, blah, blah. I listed off all this. And the guy's like, oh, I doubt I'll do that. Uh, okay, well, but you, you felt the need to come in here and flap your lips. You didn't know who he was. So, you know, somebody tells you about what fights to go. I think I even sent him a couple links. And I'm like, and you're just not going to be bothered? Like, okay. I, I, it's just so, I don't know, like, you're that busy? Like, you're just like, you can't just sit down one night when you're sitting on the couch and just hit play 
and watch him uh, a fight. That's, like I'm not asking you to watch a two and a half hour documentary on the guy. It's a, literally a 35 second fight. Or well, in this case, I mean the fight with Jansen might be a mini documentary. It's I think it's about two minutes long. But you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a hockey fight. You, like you couldn't be bothered to watch that and like learn something about somebody. But yet you're in here fans saying, "Oh, I'm a big fan of old time hockey." Are you? Like, okay, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't, I don't really know what I'm saying. I just the the ignorance irritates me. And again, I'm not saying I know everything about every guy and stuff, but I'm like, well, why don't you learn about them? Or like this, there's a thread about a certain guy. Well, why don't you read it? Like, and I guess a guy actually goes back to like when I used to, when I did a bunch of player interviews, and I every once in a while you get comments. Oh, I don't know who that is. Well, okay. Well, why don't you listen to it and find out who he is, and maybe learn something? I guarantee he's fought somebody you know. Like I don't know. Like God forbid you learn something new. You know, I don't. Know. It's just kind of, you know, whatever. But again, I don't. I don't really know what I'm rambling about. But I just kind of. I don't know, I guess I'm just, like, the ignorance of people that claim to be these big fight fans, and, or, it, like, but if it's some guy, like, oh, I'm new to hockey, and I really enjoy the fights, and I just got into it five years ago, well, I'm not gonna sit there and yell at him, because he doesn't know who Bruce Shoebottom is, you know, but at the same time, it's like, if you're gonna come, old-time hockey, I love old-time hockey, I can't even watch the new stuff, but, you know, I, I love the old stuff, but then, you, you, but you refuse to, like, watch anything, like, it's like, okay, I'm like, I don't know. I just seem, I, I don't know. Just, it just seems kind of odd to me, but whatever. That's just me. But again, I guess that's just the, my, my, my thoughts as a diehard, but, um, I don't know. I get, I, well, and I guess it leads me to like the whole fair weather fan thing, or they just, you know, again, we're back to the Chara thing, right? Somebody put about once a month or every two months, somebody puts something about Chara. Oh, is Chara a top 50 fighter of all time? Well, of course he isn't. But, oh, yeah, you'll get people chiming in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, he didn't have to fight because no one wanted to fight him. Oh, sure, they didn't, yeah. You know, but yet somehow they all, everybody wanted to fight Bugard, did they, or Probert? Like, okay. Well, Sean Thornton said, well, hey, and I respect Sean Thornton. I love Sean Thornton. But he's, friend, he's best friends with Chara. Like, they were teammates. What else is he going to say? Like, no, and I can guarantee Sean Thornton never went down the YouTube rabbit hole of Zidane Chara fights like I did. I don't know what episode it is, some 100, 200 and whatever, but I, I did that. I, I'm not just, like, I don't just get into the comment section, you're dumb. No, I've actually, like, I've, I've said this to a couple guys that are arguing with me. I'm like, well, I can guarantee I've researched it, and I can guarantee you didn't. No, I went on YouTube and I looked up every one of Chara's fights. I wrote them uh, and I watched every one of them that where he fought a heavyweight. And I wrote them all down. I wrote what happened in the fight. And he every time he bailed. You know, and then the only fight that every... Oh, I'll stay with Coach if he's tough. Okay, because Coach is the measuring stick of all enforcers. Not knocking David Coachy, but come on. And he had a broken nose going into that fight. Okay, so okay, I'll give you Coachy. All right, and who are these? All these big heavyweights that Chara beat that should somehow get him in the top fifty discussion. Exactly. So it's just, and you talk to you guys like that, and they just they have nothing. Well, you, know, you swap Maroon around again. Beating Pat Maroon does not give you uh, entree into the top fifty, you know. And uh, no, it's just it's nonsense and. You know, and, and I think when it comes down to, and then of course somebody chimes in too, oh, you could say the same thing about Pronger. Oh, like, again, who are these people that are in these fight groups? Like, you're going to yell and claim you love old time hockey, you love the tilt, but you're, you're adding Chris Pronger in a fight group? Like, what are you doing? Like, just come on. You know, and again, I don't have anything for, again, Chris Pronger. I could care less, but just like, no guy couldn't fight he's just what are you doing and it and it's just it's just constant and it's just nonsense and these guys will just double down and and make no sense about what they're talking about and oh larry robinson okay well okay how about this instead of outside of the schultz the big win against schultz the three punch victory you know the most overblown fight ever but okay in his rookie year 
what other heavyweight did Larry Robinson really lay a beating on that, that somehow everyone, we can talk about Big Bird and his legendary status. Well, yeah, because they didn't have to fight. People were scared of him. Yeah, O'Reilly and Jonathan and, and Winsick and Battleship Kelly and, and all these guys were just petrified of Larry Robinson. Oh, fuck. Like, what are we doing here? Like, just enough of the nonsense. I'm asking a serious question. Yeah, but you weren't there, bro. I witnessed it all. I saw it all. That You didn't. You and I are the same age. What what Larry Robinson fights did you see? You know, and like, the other guys talking about, oh, Fatio and Ben Wilson. And, oh, well, Fatio just kicked his ass. Well, he didn't. The video's out there. Yeah, he got the better punches in. But I, I love the, just the exaggeration. Oh, he killed him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, no one wanted to fight Nick. He, he beat everybody back in the 70s. Dude, you're 35 years old. How would you know? There's no video of it. Like, how do you know who Fatio was beaten? Like, because this guy goes, well, did Fatio actually ever lose a fight? Oh, I don't know, McElhardy probably, but yeah. But how would you know he didn't? There's no video of, like, three quarters of his fights. You know, and you're 35 years old. It wasn't like you were there. You know, but oh, oh, my dad told me. Oh, well, yeah, there, there you go. There's a solid source. I always used to laugh on fried chicken. There's always a couple guys. They were talking about Fatio or whoever they were talking about. Fatio is some old timer from the 70s. Oh, I was at the game when he fought so and so. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, they were in the corner. They dropped the gloves and then Fatio hit the first two and then hit him with a left uppercut. Then he, and then ducked and weaved and pulled the jersey. And he really had a hold of this guy's arm. And they, they go this blow by blow description like they're watching the video. It's like, okay, dude, that, that fight was like 40 years ago. 30 years ago, and you're, but you're like, oh, it was, I was 10 years old, I remember it like yesterday, yeah, sure, we all remember shit from when we were 10 years old, sitting at Madison Square Garden, when you're, you know, I'm sure you were sitting there filling your face full of popcorn, and yeah, oh, but you just managed, you you wrote down, and just, it burned into your memory, the Fatio battle that you saw against whoever, you know, and oh, it was, like I was there, I could just picture it in my head like I'm there again, like, oh, yeah. I mean, I saw a million Blades fights in the 90s. And it's like, I can, oh, I, I can tell you they fought. Like, I can tell you Trump, Rhett Trombley and Brant Myers fought eight seconds into the game. Am I going to give you a blow-by-blow description of the fight? Well, no. Again, that was 30 years ago. So, no, I can't. You know, but I love that these guys somehow, they could just, they can do it, though. Like, it's funny, though. The guy they like always seems to win, too. Um yeah, so it's just like, it's just nonsense. They're, oh, they don't fight because they were scared. People were scared of them, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. I always say, the truth is good enough. Like, I say to the one guy with Larry Robinson. He's a Hall of Fame defenseman that played with an edge, could stick up for himself. He had to. He didn't do it often, but when he did, you know, he was fine. Leave it at that. Why Why do we have to add to the bullshit? You know, it's just, Why? Like, I don't get it. Like, same thing with Bobby Orr and, like, all these guys. Like, the truth is good enough. Oh, no, Orr was a real skilled fighter. No, he wasn't. He'd stand up for himself. He had balls and everything else. But Bobby Orr's a lousy fighter. It's like, now there are some of his fights on video. Go again. I encourage you to go to YouTube. They're there. Watch them. He just tackles and then grounds and pounds the guy. Like, you guys, oh, yeah. Like, it was all of a sudden, it's Tasker and Sen. It's like, no. Again, should he be... Fun? No, he's a Hall of Fame player and all that stuff. So just leave it as it is. He stuck up for himself and he was gritty and one of the best. Or if not the best player ever. Like, that's good enough. You don't need to exaggerate all this shit. Like, it just gets tiresome. And it's just over and over and over again in these groups. It's just like, it's just mind-numbing at this point. It's almost like going over and over it on a podcast. Who would do that? It becomes mind-numbing. But... You know, and it's just like, what are we doing here? And I and I think as fans or whatever, I think people, especially when it's a star player that will stick up for himself, like I think they're, like I'm not talking like Talkit and like guys, because like, like Talkit legitimately had a hundred and some fights and like, you know, no, but like guys that seldom fought but were, you know, Hall of Fame guys, I think their, their pugilistic ability gets greatly exaggerated just due to their Hall of Fame status or their, you know, and and it just seems that way anyway. People just, oh yeah, he was a real killer. Well, not really. Like, he was okay. But, you know, that's like when Ginla retired. They're like, oh yeah, he was so t- One of the toughest guys ever. Yeah. 
he, again, power forward would stick up for himself, would fight, but, you know, let's, let's dial down that Jerome McGinley was battling it out for the top 10 in the heavyweight fighting, you know, and uh, guys were scared of him. Well, other first line players might not have wanted to fight Aginla, but, uh, I could tell you to enforce would love to fight Aginla for one, just to get him off the ice for five minutes, you know, but again, I digress. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and then, well, I'm like, even with the Chara thing, like I brought up to this guy, I'm like, well, Scott Parker has publicly said on Twitter and stuff that, that Chara was a joke. Uh, John Scott and George LaRock both kind of shit on him on Scott's podcast. Again, they say he's a great player, but they said, no, he's not a fighter. Like, you know, he just, he's a wrestler and whatever. So this guy's big comeback to me is like, oh, how many NHL games did Scott Parker play? Okay, 300 and some. What's the point? That's not the point. The topic we're talking about is Chara a top 50 guy. No. And you have three name enforcers that could be in the top 50 discussion. Well, not Scott, but LaRock and Parker could be in a top 50 discussion. Well, LaRock for sure. Parker, depend. Yeah, I would. In a top 50 of all time. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd entertain it. Um, you know, obviously they have a little bit of merit and, and they both beat, well, LaRock never had a good fight with Chara and Parker dropped him twice. So it's like he would know. But so, oh, how many games? Well, what does that have to do with Chara's fighting ability? Dumb shit. Again, stay on topic. But oh, that's your big point as well. Parker has, Chara paid, played 700 more career games than Scott Parker. So Parker's opinion isn't valid in this conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, he only fought him a couple, three times, I think. Yeah, no, what would he know about Chara? Ugh, ugh. It's, see, that's the shit I'm talking about. Just this ignorant buffoonism. Buffoonism, is that a word? Buffoonery. Yeah, there we go. Uh, just, ugh. I don't know. It's, it's late Tuesday night, folks. I've had a few days off. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm giddy from the rain here, but, and I'm just, I'm rambling at this point, making no sense, but I don't know. I just there that on the my week on the internet. Well, that that's uh, that. Well, and then I put up a picture today of like Link Gates fighting Garth Butcher, and some guy types in, "Oh, Link was okay, but completely overrated." Oh, there's always that guy overrate. Who overrates Link Gates? What does that mean? So of course I reply. I'm like, "Well, what is overrated? How?" Of course, never here again. That that was about 14 hours ago. I asked him that question. I haven't heard back. Like, so it's just some idiot that's got to come in and flap his lips about something it's like well it was funny because andy i know he listens to this show uh him and i had a little disagreement about the domi Ulf samuelson deal uh we went back and forth but he stated his opinion and what he thought and and okay i mean i didn't agree with him but i and he, he kind of jokingly said oh i guess i'll be part of the uh profanity laced rant um on the next episode and it's like well no because uh it, it's your opinion yeah i'm not saying your opinion it's not like my opinion's right and yours is wrong i mean there's no right or wrong that's what you think um but it, but you had like an this is why i think this way and you had a reasonable you know okay so I, i'm not gonna just because i disagree with you i'm not gonna yell at you or swear about it it's like no, I mean, if you have an opinion and can, and this is why I say this, okay, I don't agree with it, but at least, you know, these other guys are just like, oh, he's overrated. Why? Oh, cause bro. Like, uh, you're just, what are you, a troll? You're a 40 year old troll. Is that what you're doing? Like, he just couldn't hold, like, you just, I don't like Link, so I'm going to say this or, you know, or it's just like these guys that are, or the other way, it's just complete fandom and they just have to. Like somebody put up the McCarthy Probert fight, and one guy goes, "Oh, that wasn't a headbutt by Probert. He was just leaning forward." <laughs> it's like okay, like just fanboy. It's just I don't know what video you guys were all watching to give Sandy the W. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what video you're watching, buddy. But you know, and then you look. Oh, he's from Detroit. Oh, shocking. You know, fanboy again. The truth, like Probert can lose. It's okay. He lost. He lost plenty. It's. Again, the truth is good enough. You're okay. Bobby's status won't won't go down in anyone's eyes because you say he lost the McCarthy fight. It's okay. You know, the sun will come up tomorrow. It's like, oh my God. It's just like eight-year-olds in the playground. It's just, what are we doing? 
and it's just constant. But yeah, Link Gates is overrated. Uh, all right, like sure, whatever that means. But oh, then, you know, the Vancouver guys. Somebody's like, oh yeah, people talk about Brashear and Ojik, but for my money, BXM's the number one Canuck enforcer of all time. It's like okay, what are we doing? Again, this is a big fight fan. Old-time hockey. Yeah, Kevin BXM in the conversation with Ojik and Brashear. Oh, God. Oh, it never ends. Tremendous. Tremendous. Oh, well, we should probably do some sponsor talk here. I do I do recommend, though, I will say for you guys, um, I, Raycon is, is sponsoring uh, the, the network this month. And uh, I got great earbuds, though. And I'm not, no bullshit. I'm not, you know, lying to you or anything. Um yeah, and they're they're good price. I mean, you get fifteen percent off with the using the promo code THPN. It helps the network out. So, well, here you'll hear it all in the ad. But it's just seriously though. Um, I I know again some people bust balls about the ads. Oh, you guys got ads now, whatever. Well, that's how the network gets. That's how we get paid. That's how the network gets paid. And Dylan and these guys. That's how they make their living. So you're always looking for sponsorship. So sorry, folks. There's got to be some ad reads in the in, in the show, but. I've always said it, whether it be the DraftKings stuff, I know some people with the gambling, whatever, but if you're going to gamble, why not use the promo code? You get a decent, uh, you know, you get a, you know, a decent deposit or whatever. Or the, the Raycon, it's 15% off some really good earbuds. I mean, everybody has earbuds and headphones nowadays. Why not? You can save some money I'm trying to help you, you know, so, and again, by using the promo code, it gives, it puts money into the, into the network. So, it's got to be done, folks. I hate I hate to say it. I know you guys don't like ads and stuff, but I mean, them's the times that we live in, and that's how we have to get paid. So, uh, and if you could do any of these products, it'd be great. So, anyway, the ads have to happen, folks. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Metallica or Kiss on repeat. Or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in the Raycon wireless earbuds. So much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm or some guided meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're at the gym working out or, uh, you know, when I'm at work, you know, you're in and out of the truck, so you like miss the tunes or your, your favorite part of the song's coming up, so you want to stay in the truck. Um, yeah, just put the headphones on and, uh, the earbuds and away you go and like, they, they sit in the ear perfect and, uh, yeah, you don't miss a, a single, uh, guitar riff from the old hair metal days. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating myself here with some skid, with a skid row reference. How's that one for you? Um, so let me tell you now, Raycon's the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customized sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, Raycon has 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Um, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfort earbud, in-ear fit. Um, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Uh, and Raycon's come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Fourth-line voice listeners, you can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Again, one last time, buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, we're back here. Uh... Well, I guess we will, let's dig into this, uh, hockey news business. Um, well, one of, one of the, in, for the enforcer week, one of their talks was George LaRock, George LaRock's most memorable fights. Um, so let's have a look at, uh, I haven't read this article or anything, but, uh, let's see what George has to say. All time heavyweight George LaRock remembers the tilts that defined his NHL career from a personal standpoint. Uh, number one, my first fight against Rob Ray. The game before I was playing for the Oilers at home against Buffalo ended the game sitting on the bench and Rob Ray roughed up Doug Waite and, and Bill Guerin after the whistle. The media asked me after the game if I had anything to say about it and I said I was going to make sure he paid next game. Uh, so the media made a countdown to that game and since I was a young guy, I was so scared. I thought he was going to kill me. The media asked Rob about my comments and he said, oh, what's he going to do? Beat me up, hello, you know, ha, ha, ha. I didn't sleep the night before the game in Buffalo. Well, we fought and it went pretty well for me. Yeah, this, this is, you could see this fight is a pissed off George LaRock and as a young guy. 
yeah, he hammered Ray in that fight. Um, number two, my first fight against Derek Bugard, may he rest in peace. One of the most intimidating fighters of all time. He was the next up and comer. The guy that was going to take over from me when I was out, out of my prime. And it was inevitable that we were going to fight in the warmups. I knew he wanted a piece of me. Even my teammates knew it was a fight that everyone wanted to see except for me. LOL. I was pretty nervous, but again, I did pretty good and won that and won the tilt. Um, number three. For first fight against the best heavyweight in the history of the NHL, Bob Prober. Even though he's no longer in his, he was no longer in his prime, thank God. It was always scary to face Probert, and I was always had tremendous respect for him. And playing the Blackhawks and beat up Mark Jansons in a fight, so Probert knocked on the glass in the penalty bench and told me, "Kid, I'm next." That was the worst five minutes of my life. I didn't rest at all. I was so nervous. I fought a second time that game with him. It was a draw, and I was happy I was still alive after that. I even got a signed stick from him after the game. Still have it today. Number four, my only fight against Darren Langdon. How bad can it be to fight someone so much smaller and lighter than you? Shouldn't be that bad, right? Well, not with this man. I was playing at Edmonton at home, and he was with the Rangers, and we fought. Well, I fought alone for like 45 seconds as hard as as hard as I could, and he, and he would just hold me tight, all defense, escaping, all bombs I was throwing at him. So after I was gassed and done, I looked at the referees to come in, but they never did. They stayed way back, and that's when he started... He started to get excited. I was gassed out. I want to die. I, I was, I was like in my head. When is this going to end? My God, where does this? Where does he get his stamina? It was a draw, but as the bigger guy, it made me look bad. I never ever wanted to fight that guy again. I remember we faced off another time in the first ever Heritage Classic between Edmonton and Montreal, but it was minus fifty outside with the wind, and neither of us were interested in freezing while fighting. Um, Danny, are you listening? No, I always buy all about Danny about the Langdon thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, old uh, old Langer with the stamina for sure, right? Uh, what a technician. Yeah, just on the defense the whole time. Uh, number five, uh, my fight and a point with Donald Brashear. I was playing at Pittsburgh and he was in Washington. Donald was definitely a top five fighter in the history of NHL heavyweights. And we were rivals my entire career. This is the first time when I squared off that in the same sequence, we scored a goal. I got an assist and fought all at the same time. I got the edge, but even better, when I got back at the room while the play was still going on, Sidney came up. Sidney Crosby came up to me and said, "Good job, George." I thought it was pretty neat of him. Couldn't believe I got an apple on that play. Um, well, I mean, the whole Brashear Larock thing. I mean, George had him and let him back up and and ended up eating a shot for his troubles. Um, I always say with this fight, this kind of really. Um, uh, how do I put it? It sort of really illustrates my point about LaRock that George really was too nice. And, um, in terms of the effectiveness as an enforcer, again, I'm not on the bench or anything like that. So this is just me and my opinion and my ignorant opinion. But, uh, like, I mean, certainly fight wise, you wouldn't want to fight him. I mean, he was, he's, he's in my top three actually of all time. Um, without a doubt. But at the same time, he'd let you, I, I think he'd let you off the hook a lot, like with the whole Lucic thing. You shouldn't have given him a choice, right? Or the whole like good luck before the fights. Is that so, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. It's all, and he's smiling before the fight. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems so phony, kind of like, what do you, I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, and certainly the punches weren't phony and he was hitting hard and everything. I'm not saying that, but it's just kind of, I don't know. The whole thing just kind of just irritated me. And I just kind of, I don't know. And the, the whole good luck thing, that just gave all these code worshippers, they just gave them all code boners. So I'll say, George, good luck. I love the sportsmanship. And, oh, it's so classy. I love that one. I love when people throw that one out in the group about class. Um, I don't What the fuck does class have to do with a hockey fight? I think that's the one thing I was I, I didn't mention when I was talking about fight fans. A lot of these fight fans have completely missed the fucking point of fighting or what an enforcer is. Young people don't know what an enforcer is because they've never seen one. They call Reeves and these guys enforcers and they might like to try to be, but with the rules, you can't be. Uh, like, go listen to the interview with McSorley or Twist. That's enforcing. And the thing is, is to be an enforcer, you had to do some real gross shit, dirty shit, and people don't like it. And they get mad about it. And it's all, oh, that wasn't classy. No, it wasn't about 30 years later, a bunch of nerds in a fight group 
talking about, oh, how I didn't jump him. And I was, uh, it was Marcus of Queensbury and gave everyone a fair fight. No, it was about enforcing for my team and sending a message and bullying people. That's what it used to be about. And the and today's fans have no concept of this. And a lot of these fight fans have no concept of this. They look, they view the fight as a separate entity from a hockey game. They view it like it's the boxing match. Like the hockey game is sort of the, 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 the background. And this is what it's all about. Like an Olympic, so we have to have a, a gentlemanly square off. Everybody's jerseys and equipment stay on and let's be all respectful. And after we're done, bro hug. And then it, it was a, you know, a, a, a nicely contested contest. Like, no, it's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you any way possible. If I can get an advantage, I will. And I'm going to try to pound you through the ice and send a message. That's the point. Like, I see this shit with Semenko and all that. Oh, he probably jumped him. Yeah, he probably did. So what? That was the point. I think Semenko gave a shit about what some geek on a fight board said 40 years later. Like, oh, I couldn't believe he suckered Joey Kosa like that. That's no class. That's what Semenko's all about. Well, Coaster knocked out Don Jackson earlier. So Semenko was exacting revenge. You think he gave a shit? Coaster should have seen it coming. But but that was the point. He's exacting revenge. You think it just fell out of the sky? Like he just did this? On, I always laugh at these guys when all of a sudden somebody suckers a guy or gives him an extra shot or jumps him or whatever. They act like it just fell out of the sky. Like they don't understand. Like this ass kicking. What's he doing? Why? Yeah, because he was just going to do that? Like no, there's a reason for it, dumbass. You know, but it's just like this idea that, oh, they just don't get it. And I, and I think actually when I read and hear, listen to these fighters, I think a lot of these new age fighters don't get it either. Like, I don't know. And I, and I kind of, I, I kind of lump George in there. Like the thing with Ray, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But fast forward five or six late, years later, now you're wishing guys good luck and you're smiling and you let them up and all this, sh- like, Oh yeah, like I just kind of, eh, I don't know, you you, you kind of, in terms of straight up fighting ability, one of the best ever, without a doubt. In terms of enforcing, I don't know, I I would take Dave Semenko in a heartbeat over George LaRock in terms of an enforcer. Now, do I think Dave Semenko could beat LaRock in a fight? No, not at all, but in terms of enforcing and sending a message... Give me twenty. Well, I was gonna say, give me twenty-seven. No, give me Dave. Give me Dave Semenko every day of the week. Anyway, moving on. But uh, uh, an interesting little insight from George for sure. Let's get to these lists. Uh, okay. Well, we're I've, I found the, the lists here on Facebook. Um, I have not read. I can see the I can see the link here in front of me. I have not read them. Um, yeah, okay, Detroit, New York, San Jose, Vancouver. We already did that one. Um, and now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Florida. Well, how about it? Let's, we'll do the Panthers here. Let's see what they got for the Panthers. Uh, I will hit the link. Enforcer week. Top five Panther fighters of all time. These players dropped the gloves the most. 
the most of anyone to ever put on a Panther uniform. The Florida Panthers have entered their 30th anniversary season, one that promises to honor and celebrate the first three decades the franchise has been around. While the first thing that comes to mind generally are big goals and memorable goals, that there's another side of the game that can be tapped into simply by uttering a handful of names. Say Paul Laws to any Panther fan and you will be guaranteed to see a smile creep on their face. Or bring up Peter Worrell to watch their eyes light up as they instantly are flooded with memories of one of the many pummelings that, that made that made either of the aforementioned enforcers, two of the most popular players in team history. This week, the Hockey News is hosting Enforcer Week, a time to celebrate the toughest guys the NHL has to offer, both now and historically. Here at the Hockey News Florida, that means taking a look at the players who dropped the gloves the most during their time with the Panthers. This list, to the, are the, as those familiar with the Panthers' history can probably imagine, is a bit top-heavy. Okay, I will close my eyes and scroll all the way to the bottom because they like to go one to five. I like to go five to one. So we'll uh, scroll back up here. This is, this was written by David DeWork is the site editor and reporter of the Florida Panthers team site with the hockey news. He has covered the Panthers for over a decade. Okay. So here we go. Honorable mentions. Ed Jovanovski, Bill Lindsay, and Rhett Warner each dropped the gloves 25 times while with the Panthers. Jovo played 362 of his 1,100 games with Florida, but his 25 fights the Panthers were more than the 21 they had with the Coyotes and Canucks combined. Lindsay fought more with Florida than anywhere else. 25 with the Cats and 21 combined with Calgary, Atlanta, Montreal, and San Jose. And his 46 career fights came in 351 less games than Jovanovski. I didn't realize Lindsay actually fought that much. Not, that's a lot, but that's more than I thought he did. Warner uh, actually had more career fights, 51, than both Lindsay and Jovo, and he did it in less games, too. Warner fought 25 games, 25 times in 217 games with Florida, and another 26 times with Buffalo and Calgary. Um, yeah, Warner, I got to actually see with the Blades, uh, grow up here with the Blades. Um, big hitter, uh, had some really good, had a little running r- battle with Rob Tremblay of Moose Jaw. Uh, Warner was a tough guy with the Blades in junior. Uh, he had some really great fights. Again, I can't go back and give you blow-by-blow blow details, but I know he won more than he lost. But but huge hitter, big hitter. Same with Jovo. I'm a big Jovanovski guy. And Jovo throws bombs, man. And, of course, the knockout of Adam Deadmarsh. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, Jovo brought heat and could hit. I remember he made a real name for himself way back when in junior um, in the prospects game. He started running around and just hammering guys. And then when he played for Team Canada and the World Junior Team, they put him in. He was hammering guys. Like, yeah, Jovo was Jovo was a beauty. All right, let's get into this list, shall we? Number five, Gregory Campbell. All right. Uh, Florida originally drafted Campbell in the third round of the 0-2 draft. He ended up playing parts of six seasons with the Panthers from 03 to 2010. Now he's the... Panthers Vice President of Player Personnel and Development and actually General Manager of the Charlotte Checkers, a Florida's AHL affiliate. Um, well, there you go. Like I said, I don't read these lists ahead of time. And uh, I'm already hit with a... I'm already stumped. Um, I don't know why we're putting Gregory Campbell ahead of uh, Warner and Jovanovski. Um, yeah. Well, they got me. Uh, they got me for a loop here because I cannot in my, my I cannot think of one single Gregory Campbell fight. So there we go, a swing and a miss early. Sorry, Florida fans. Uh, number four, Darcy Hortachuk. Him, I do know. Um, again, another Saskatoon Blade. Uh, met met him. I've met him a few times. Nice guy. Actually, ended up getting a bunch of his junior fights from him when he played for the Blades. We. I, we traded fight tapes. I gave him a WHL fight tape, and he was loving it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, NHL career was 542 games, 129 fights, 1,100 penalty minutes. Darcy played parts of three seasons over two stints with the Panthers, 02 to 04, and then 2010 to 2011. His ratio of fights the game played with Florida might be exactly where, where he should have been on the list as the all-time fighters. Um, this guy doesn't really go into deep... Uh, yeah, but deep uh, thoughts here but uh yeah Horty was awesome um again big hitter uh would fight wide open undersized you know six feet 200 um is well his first professional fight ever was with the uh Orlando Solar Bears 
and uh, in, of the old IHL, and it was against none other than Mel Engelstad, and it's probably one of the best hockey fights you'll ever see. Go look it up, Hordachuk Engelstad. Actually, round one and two are beauties, uh, especially round one, though. One of the best fights ever. Um, what a way to turn pro. Uh, but yeah, I got it. Played like 360 minutes that year in Orlando. We picked up, and he was all over the place fighting everybody. Had some great fights with La Puma. Uh, Greg Walters, uh, yeah, he was a menace in the IHL that year. Uh, and then came up with the Thrashers, and yeah, I could go on about Hordachuk. Um, massive fan of Darcy, and uh, glad he's on the list. Uh, number three, oh, old Ked from the morning skate will be pumped. Scott Mellenby, um, played 1,431 games for five teams over 21 seasons, 111 total fights, 20, 2,400 career penalty minutes. The time Mellenby spent with the Panthers is known for a lot more than fighting, but his, but his spot on the all-time list cannot be ignored. Florida's first power forward with a consistent scoring threat, locker room leader and responsible for the franchise's rat-throwing tradition. Um, yeah, it was in the playoffs. He took a rat. There was a live rat in the, running through the locker room. He apparently slapped it again, took a stick and took a slap shot and killed it against the wall and said, let's fucking go, boys. And that's where the rats came from. Um yeah, Mellonby power forward. I, I'm a huge fan of Scott Mellonby. Uh, yeah, I, I like on this list. I guess I guess this guy's just going by a number of fights on the team because he had thirty. You know, whatever. Um, I don't really know what the point of number of fights with the team. No, I'm not saying oh, this guy had five fights so should be on the list. But I mean, you know. I, I don't know if I would put, be putting Scott Mellonby ahead of Darcy Hordachuk on like a fighters list, um, but you know, and I would have, and I wouldn't have Gregory Campbell on one. But all right, whatever. I mean, I'm digging Mellonby. I, I wouldn't have him against ahead of Hordachuk or well, maybe Chovanowski. Maybe just because of the time. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. He's on the list. I dig it. Number. Yeah, it was number three. Yeah, so number two, obviously, Peter Worrell. Yeah, it's Peter Worrell is a sight to behold on the ice. His massive frame and steely glare could strike fear to the heart of any man. And boy, oh boy, he could back that up when he had to do with his fists. Yeah, I mean, Worrell was a legit bad dude. You know, six foot six. Um, him and Paul, I'm assuming Laws is one. Um, what a tag team, Laws and Worrell. I mean, I think they kind of go under the radar just because they were out in Florida at the time and not a lot of coverage, but... What a duo. And uh, I can remember when I first saw Worrell. He was a Quebec guy playing in Hall, and he was in the Memorial Cup. They were playing Lethbridge, and he was fighting Perrington and all these guys. And uh, he actually, I couldn't stand him. He was annoying. He did this hand dusting. He was driving me nuts. But um, but he backed it up, and he was a legit dude, tough guy. And, um, yeah, I think he, he flies under the radar of a lot of fight fans. But, yeah, check out some Peter Worrell stuff. Huge dude, and, uh, yeah. Pretty good fight card. And, of course, number one, Paul Laws. Uh, the old, Florida's OG enforcer. Laws played his entire NHL career with the Panthers. Fan favorite from the start. His first few years of the franchise featured a team full of hard-nosed veterans who knew on most nights they'd have to outwork their opponents to emerge victorious. And Laws was the muscle in the team uh, full of guys you wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, I mean, I fought the Laws and the Laws won, right? Um, one, of the, one of the baddest dudes. Uh, unfortunately, his um, uh, wrist, I think it was a wrist injury that... Uh, inevitably, he uh, he had to retire. Um, but yeah, legit dude. And uh, what? Who is messaging me? Um, sorry, folks. My Facebook Messenger is going off as I'm recording. Um, but yeah, Laws is a legit dude. And again, another guy that I think is for a lot of the fair weathered fight fans. I guess I could say um, under their radar. But uh, if you have not, go down that rabbit hole. And, uh, yeah, Paul Laws, Baruby, you know, you know, Paul Laws against Probert, busted, you know. Law, just go down the Paul Laws rabbit hole. You will be, uh, you will be impressed, to say the least. Um, well, what other list should we go down? Um, well, how about... Well, how about the Jets? We'll do Winnipeg. Yeah, that, that'll make William and the boys happy. 
All right, yeah, Winnipeg. Okay, uh, when you think of the Winnipeg Jets, you'll likely either reminisce back to the original Jets of the 80s and 90s or you'll skip right through to 2011 and on with the Jets 2.0 enter the picture. Two very different teams in different eras with different playing styles. When it comes to making lists, including both uh, iterations of the team, things can get tricky. But rest assured, this list of the top five Winnipeg Jets and Forces will certainly contain memories for fans from each decade of the team's existence. All right. Well, okay. Here we go. We'll not looking. Scroll to the bottom. All right. Up we go. Carter Brooks is the site editor and reporter for the Winnipeg Jets at the Hockey News. A resident of Winnipeg, spent the last eight years covering the Jets. All right. Honorable mentions include Jim Kite, Sean Cronin, Chris King, Jimmy Mann, Keith Tchuk. Kachuk, Anapes Kachuk, Adam Lowry, Anthony Peluso, and Mark Stewart. Well, goddamn! God all right. Well, if they're honorable mentions. Uh, this is we're off to a hot start, William. Are you getting this? Like w- William's already. I just got him on the edge of his seat here. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, number five. Ah, uh, you know, number five. Gord Donnelly. There we go. Uh, much like the Jets. Uh, much like. That of the Jets' number one enforcer, Ty Domi. Okay, I guess we know who number one is. Uh, Gord Donnelly uh, also spent just three seasons in Winnipeg, but the damage inflicted by his knuckles was felt heavily through the hockey circles. Suited up for just 173 games with the Jets, Donnelly amassed a whopping 726 penalty minutes and fought 47 times for the Jets, while averaging 238 minutes a season. Yeah, I'm down with Gord Donnelly. Donnelly's uh, pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, I think another guy that maybe, you know, get kind of gets slept on by a lot of people, you know, being in Quebec and then being in Winnipeg, you know, back then, like for the time period, like not a lot of coverage, you know, especially the French stuff. And then Winnipeg, I mean, back in that, you know, in that kind of that 80s time, it was always, it was always about Edmonton and Calgary and, and stuff like that out West. And I mean, Winnipeg was sort of the stepchild, right? So, uh, but yeah, Donnelly, I, I love Gore Donnelly, tremendous. Number four, oh yeah, uh, Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, come on. Yeah, 869 games played. Yeah, uh, nine fights with the Jets, exactly. There there may never be another player as special and unique as Dustin Bufflin. He was truly one of a kind piece of the puzzle through the early years of the Jets 2.0, standing six foot eight on skates and weighing in over 270 in his equipment. Literally did it all for Winnipeg, whether it be manning the point on the power play Throwing ferocious body checks in the open ice, dragging multiple players out of net front scrums, or throwing down in a good old fashioned Donnybrook. Uh, Buff really didn't do much, didn't need to do much to make his presence felt night in and night out, but it happened nearly every game. Um, yeah, a huge guy that could hit. Um, yeah, crazy talent and, so- and speed for that size. Um, but he couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. Bufflin cannot fight. Uh, the fact that he's on this list and like Jim Kite and Jimmy Mann and Chris K- Cronin aren't, uh, yeah, that's, oh, here we go. Uh, I guess you had to have some, well, I would have Anthony Peluso in there if you had to have someone, or Lowry, I guess, if you had to have a current, like someone from the new Jets, it wouldn't be Bufflin. I mean, Bufflin's a hitter, but yeah, he's, he couldn't fight worth a shit. So, oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> Number three. Lori Boschman. Oh, there you go. Uh, Boschman may have played for five different clubs, but the most noteworthy days of his career were spent in Manitoba. Playing out his junior career in Brandon with the Wheat Kings, Boschman became one of only 16 players to finish his NHL career with 500-plus points and 2,000 penalty minutes. He earned 1,333 of those minutes in Winnipeg, to which he played parts of eight seasons. Boschman has never failed to hit double digits in scoring, once potted 32, 76 points to go along with a nice 180 penalty minutes during the 84-85 season. Um, yeah, Boschman, you know, uh, you know, power forward guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and claim to be a Lori Boschman expert. I mean, I've seen some of his stuff. Um, well, not the biggest guy. And I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd put him up there with ranking as like, uh, killers or anything like that. But I mean, you know, 91 fights in his career. So, um, 49 with the Jets, according to this, but, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to try to insult you by rattling off a bunch of Lori Boschman numbers because I don't, I don't have them. But I mean, 
again, I know he was a gritty guy, played physical, would fight. Um, again, nothing standing out in my head. Uh, you know, I didn't go down the Winnipeg Jets rabbit hole. Again, that's the one thing I will say when I do these lists a couple times. Because I'll get, every once in a while, I'll get comments. Oh, well, that guy was on the list. You didn't bring up this, this, or this. It's like, well, dude, I just, I'm on the spot. This is sort of like my 10 rapid fire questions. Like, I'm scrolling and it's just, all of a sudden it hits me. Yeah, I mean, if we wanted to talk about Jim Kite or something, I could have done better than that, than I could with Laurie Boschman. But, yeah, like, obviously, if I knew if I knew ahead of time what these lists were, I would have looked up some Boschman stuff and given you some, um, you know, some fights to go watch or something. But, unfortunately, I did not. So, um, or I, I didn't know ahead of time about this. So, but, uh, I like, obviously, I know who he is and everything like that. But uh, uh, memorable Boschman fights are not coming to mind right now. But there we go. Laurie Boschman, number three. Number two, Chris Thorburn. Yeah, I like Thorburn. All right. A fan favorite in Winnipeg. Thorburn owns the record for most fights with the relocated Jets at 55 tilts. This record may only be challenged by a 30-year-old Adam Lowry, who is 26 on the scorecard. Thorburn is a valued member of the GST line, including Tanner Glass and Jim Slater. Quickly earned management's trust with his knowledge of opponents and their techniques when the gloves came off. Despite his penalty minute totals, Thorburn also managed to find the net uh, on the regular, potting 24 goals over six seasons in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, I always liked Chris Thorburn, uh, you know, played in Atlanta, was a, you know, just a grit guy. Um, you know, he fought everybody, uh, you know, was he heavyweight champ or anything? Well, no. Um, but now that they put, I mean, if you wanted to combine again, would I have Chris Thorburn? Is he a better fighter than Jim Kite? No. Uh, but okay. Um, I get why he's on the list. Um, far more than like Bufflin, you know, so. Uh, but no, I like I like Thorburn. That's all right. I don't know. Again, would I have been like I had a Gord Donnelly? And no, but okay. <laughs> and I get obviously number one's Ty Domi. They said it in the start of the thing. Um, standing five foot ten, Domi might might not look like the traditional heavyweight enforcer, but once the gloves were off, were as fearsome as the man the man with thirty five hundred penalty minutes. Although the majority of his minutes were racked up with Toronto and even some with the Rangers, it can be foolish to rank Domi anywhere other than first with the Jets on the all time enforcer list. Ranked number three in the NHL's all time penalty minute leaderboard, Domi was a force to be reckoned with. A whirling dervish and twice recorded three hundred and forty plus penalty minute seasons at Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Domi, right? Uh, you know, I don't anybody listening, I don't I don't need to uh uh sell you on Ty Domi. Um uh, there we go. Stop and start and stop and start. Well, there we go. Um well, I, I think we'll leave it at that. We had the Panthers list, the Winnipeg list, LaRock stuff. I think that's pretty good. Um sorry, folks. It's like 10:15 here. I'm I've been rattling I've stopped and started this episode a bunch of times. Had to go upstairs, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. I know there's a million pod- hockey podcasts out there. The fact you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. Of course, after you listen to this one, if this is your first time, it might be your last time, too. Um, anyway, folks, uh, there's uh, Wednesday's episode. And uh, I'll try to do a little better for you on Sunday. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, have a good night. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?